Hey everybody, it's me, Ben, your creator and moderator of the Nerdist Writers panel, and today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. We told you about it before. It's great. Just use it. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code WRITERS8. That's WRITERS and the number 8. Uh, it starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. I do it. You should do it. It's cool. It's super easy. It has over 20 highly customizable templates for you to choose from. Uh, every de- design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look great on any device every time, which is good because who uh, looks at stuff on a computer anymore? No one? That's who. My mom, maybe? Probably. Uh, it's incredibly easy to use, which I already told you, but it's here in the copy. But it's actually true. It's easy to use. Uh, if you want some help, Squarespace does have an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Uh, and we do thank Squarespace for their support uh, and support for this podcast. Uh, We also thank you for listening to it. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. That is always helpful. And uh, I like to read them when I'm feeling sad. Thanks, and thanks, Squarespace. Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Writers talking writing can get pretty exciting. The talk can be lightning. It's very, very frightening. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Yeah. Thank you, guys. My name is Ben Blacker. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Blacker. I'm the creator of the uh, Nerdist Writers panel. Uh, I'm glad you have heard of it. Um, that kind of makes it worthwhile. Um, and the co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, a stage show on the style of time ago. Thank you. Um, I'm thrilled to be doing this. This is honestly the only panel I requested. So, sorry, Meg. Um, uh, but yeah, please welcome Rob Thomas and Chris Lowell. So, what's new? Hey! <laughs> How have, uh, how's your spring been? Busy. Busy. <laughs> it, it has been uh, very busy. Uh, for those of you, and, and I think I, I saw a show of hands that m- many or most of you were backers, I believe the update uh, is coming out now, and this is probably not big news, but Chris Lowell will be in the Veronica What? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I really hope we can get that deal to make. Yeah, yeah me too. Cool. Are you uh, are you restricted by traditional like studio deals? Uh, like, what is what is the model for this? I honestly, I'm so fascinated by it. Uh, As am I. How are you, how, how are you uh, working out deals with people? How are you working out distribution? Like, what is, give us a little bit of the background on this and the technical stuff. Um, well, then we'll get into the fun stuff. Sure. Um, distribution, we actually don't know how it's going to be uh, distributed yet. I, I can tell you that at the beginning, in in all the talks, initially there was no guarantee that there would be a theatrical release of the movie. Uh, no one had any idea how we would do on Kickstarter, what the buzz would be like. Um, but... Uh, right before we launched, they they made uh, a decision at, at Warner Brothers to go ahead. You make different deals if you are planning on a theatrical release of the movie, and and they started feeling like you know we think it's going to happen, we think it's going to make. Um, so all the deals did include a theatrical release, but at the time, uh, I think people were talking in terms of two or three hundred screens, a very limited release, and there's no, you know, uh, there's no guarantee. If the movie doesn't turn out, great. Who knows? That may be where we are, but um, uh, but they've now been talking about many, many wider release scenarios. I know for me, I just got an email from you. I was in like a, it was in, I was, I was staying on my friend Emma's couch, and I get this email from Rob. It's like, hey man, listen, so it looks like this Veronica Mars thing's actually going to happen. 
any chance you want to come back and play Piz? <laughs> I think I wrote back saying, like, I've never stopped playing Piz. <laughs> I, I still refer to myself as Piz. Um, and, and so you're starting production this week. Uh, are, the, are the expectations for you different? Like, are you feeling... What I'm really asking is, are you feeling more pressure because there are so much of the public invested in this than maybe you could have anticipated or maybe you knew that people were going to respond the way they did? Um, yes and no. Well, I, I'm certainly feeling a ton of pressure. I feel an <laughs> immense amount of pressure. We you know are, you're going to nail it, right? I don't. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> what are you going to um, you know, we, we are a guinea pig uh, for this financing model. We have a lot of people's attention, and I think so far, so good. Like, if, if you would judge the Kickstarter process and how things have gone, and we're going to get to shoot the movie, and we, we're getting the cast that we want, and we're, we're getting to spend real money on it, uh, I think it all goes out the window if we don't stick the landing. If, if it's not a quality movie at the end of the day, if somehow we don't get t-shirts out in a timely fashion and, uh, and people catch us using the signing machine for all the signed posters, I think that is not happening. That was, that was a joke. Um, then, uh, then, then we'll be some sort of weird footnote or the punchline of a joke. Um, when we launched, I thought there was... I thought there was a chance of humiliation. Um, I, uh, you know, we had been talking about it for a year and a half. We, uh, the, the Kickstarter video that we shot uh, that was on our page, you know, on it we say, hey, if we, we raise enough money, we're going to start shooting the movie this summer. Um, but that was shot a year before. That was shot February 2012 when we thought we had permission from, uh, from Warner Brothers uh, to do it, and then they they sort of uh, they got cold feet for a little while and wanted to re-explore it, and I thought the project was dead, so it had been in the works for a long time, and I've spent a great deal of time feeling like the Pied Piper on this mission, like really being in salesman mode, convincing executives at the studio that this could be big, um, that there is a groundswell there, that, that we will do alright, and um, and and after all this sort of um, gung ho enthusiasm that I felt like I had to put forward in order to push this uh, rock up the hill, Kristen and I decided, you know, the night before we launch, we're going to send these mysterious tweets to each other and kind of say, "Hey, uh, everyone, stay tuned for some news tomorrow." And I really thought, because, and not because I, like, I have no followers, but, or, or, or did at the time. Oh, yeah, but, at the time, yeah. Well, I, did, I had actually had several thousand followers who all believed they were getting the Matchbox 20 guy. And, and, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I mean, if you looked at my Twitter feed, very few people knew they had the wrong guy. Um, but Kristen Bell has a million Twitter followers. And I thought, once we send these mysterious little tweets to each other, it will erupt. It will be like a bonfire on the internet. And the, on the eve of doing all this, and after spending really a year and a half of my life trying to get this going, we, really, we tweeted each other, and it barely caused a ripple. I mean, there were, you know, there were maybe a couple hundred tweets that I saw, but it was, it was not what I was expecting. It was not close to what I was expecting. We were launching the next day, and I went from having an absurd level of confidence to thinking, oh my God. <laughs> Kristen and I have been listening to the same 20 fans <laughs> for the last seven years. And we're, we're going to look silly. We're going to look silly asking for $2 million because no one... Uh, no, I mean, there have been projects that have, have made more than that, but no one had asked for that much. And had we, you know, launched and raised... $35,000, it would have looked silly. Um, so, yeah, um, to the question about whether there's pressure, uh, yes. Um, I, I am very conscious of it. I, it the, the movie needs to be good, and, uh, and it would be nice if it ended up making money rather than losing money. Uh, I think those two things, and then it will be the wrap-up stories a year from now will be upbeat, you know? It will be <laughs> exactly. good. 
Um, let's, uh, I want to talk about the campaign, but before we get into that, um, let's kind of look back at those seven years. Um, because there had been talk about a movie, whether you know it was among you guys or it was just among the fans, kind of since the show was canceled. Um, and, and Chris, I actually want to start with you. You know, you have to live your life as an actor. You have to go take other jobs. Um, was this something... that's correct? <laughs> Not really a question. Um, was this something that you know you were talking to Rob about? You were talking to Kristen about? Or you don't know? Was this something you had to be aware of? How real was it for you that this possibility existed? Because for the fans, it was always something just out of reach. Yeah, I think. Uh... Well, the only reason that it did feel like a reality, I mean, all the time people are talking about, like, this project that's going to happen, you sort of get used to just not believing any of it. Um, I think what always made this stay on the table was how diehard all the fans were. I mean, you, when we were moving from, was it, was it UPN? Was that what the network was? UPN and WB were becoming CW. You'd hear these things of, like, Fans are paying to f- have planes fly back and forth with banners from one studio to the other to say, bring Veronica Mars to CW. There'd just be like, there's just this sort of hunger always from, from the fans, which really, I think, obviously in this state, literally is the reason that the film came to fruition. So we've always talked about it, I think, and we always had so much fun on set. And it was always such a family. And uh, if anyone was going to pull it off, I think would have been was going to be you and Kristen. And I think the way you guys ran the Kickstarter page is very similar to the way we ran things on set. You'd always find things in scripts where it would be like, what the hell does this mean? come to you? And be like, what is this? And you're like, oh, this is this funny joke that Kristen and I had last week. And it's like, all right. So whether it was like inside jokes from the room or like, I think my character was named after the guy who did the pilot. Things like that. Always these little, and, and, and with the Kickstarter, it's the same thing. It's having you guys name characters and like get a walk online, which I read in the script recently. I'm really excited about who gets to say that. Um, so yeah, so I always, I think, uh, you know, obviously I, there was some hesitation in getting too excited about it, but I, I, I really, I think I had confidence that it was going to happen from the get-go. And, and what was your take on it? I mean, again, you spent many years after the close of the show with this kind of out there. Um, yeah, it... it it was both the blessing and the curse uh, for the last uh, several years. I, there were moments where I felt confident uh, that we were going to get something going. Um, you know, Joel Silver is a partner of, uh, of mine on the project, um, and he had a big deal at Warner Brothers. And there were a couple times where he thought, "There's, there's a light. You know, we, there's a crack in the door. I think we can, we can get something going." And uh, and I, let, me, let me interrupt yeah. right here. Like, what were those cracks? How, where did you think, like, when did an opportunity seem real to you? A couple guys got drunk, started talking about the movie, making promises they couldn't keep. We're in! Uh, well, I, I know that, like, the biggest moment, um, and, and this gets, you know, into Joel's business, and I, so I don't know how deep I want to get into this, but, you know, Joel, Joel had an overall deal, and it had a certain... Uh, ability to make movies at certain dollar amounts based on certain things um, and uh, and we thought we could get the Veronica Mars movie made for a dollar amount through his mm-hmm. deal um, and so I came in with a pitch of the movie and this would have been uh, at that point uh, around the time that Veronica would have been graduating from Hearst College so it was centered on uh, sort of a neptune spring break, I mean Joel Given the size of the movie, wanted a, you know, wanted a very commercial movie, uh, and so uh, I came in with a pitch, and then Warner Brothers decided to do a like a marketing test survey of, you know, Veronica Mars awareness, and 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 we did not score high enough on that <laughs> test apparently, and so it it fizzled there, and and I certainly uh, I hit a. Sort of a, a low point there, and I, I can remember, um, I, I can remember reading a headline like, "Yes, I Google alert myself," um, and I find out a lot about the other Rob Thomas. <laughs> um, but um, but one of the headlines that I read was, "Will Rob Thomas please shut up about the Veronica Mars movie?" Which I, I know, like I. 
I, mean, I, I, I feel like I spent half the time like trying to stoke interest and keep it alive, and then the other half trying to tamp it down because <laughs> because I didn't think it was going to happen and didn't and wanted to kind of not raise anyone's hopes for it. Or and, your own, I would imagine. Right. Right. The, the thing about with the Kickstarter campaign that I knew and, and it, is that it was going to give some sense of completion or finality or I don't even know if that's the right word, but had the Kickstarter drive failed, it would have been put to bed. Um, I would have, that would have been the end of it. It never would have happened after that. And at least I could sleep soundly knowing, hey, I gave it my best shot and it, and it wasn't meant to be. Um, and now, you know, now I'm, I'm already outlining movie six. I'm <laughs> way, way ahead of Do myself. Do not tell them that. <laughs> Um, let's let's talk about the campaign for a minute um, because I think uh, you know for people who haven't run a Kickstarter campaign, it really is a campaign. Uh, there's a lot of work involved, and there's like there's a 24-hour cycle on this thing, and you know you really it takes constant upkeep. Tell me about your involvement uh, with the campaign, and you know who did you have helping you? How did how did you work this? You know, it's, there's a lot of machinery there. Um, yeah, uh, it was. I, that was one of the crazier months of my life, and 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 in my mind, I, I was so. In some ways, I was very well prepared. The, the 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 sort of six months, eight months that we went dormant when I thought Warner Brothers was going to, where the final answer was no. Um, I got to study other Kickstarter campaigns. I, I kept an eye on it, sort of watched what was succeeding and failing, and I, I feel can, like Can I, you talk about any of those? Do you remember which ones you were, you were looking at or impressed by well, or I influenced certainly, your campaign? You know, when we were... It was funny. If you watch our, our Kickstarter movie, um, we're very bold about saying, we're going to be the biggest Kickstarter campaign ever, and we were going after $2 million. But as we were filming that... Uh, a company went over three million on a on a video game, um, and so and then when I first proposed the the Kickstarter campaign, the the highest total ever on Kickstarter was nine hundred thousand. By the time we got to launch, the highest total was ten million. Um, so we had to add this flashing thing: uh, biggest Kickstarter drive ever, film division, because um, we. Realized it, it, we didn't think we were going to hit 10 million, but I will say, and and there was a big debate, uh, you know, in the room with Warner Brothers um, about how much we should ask, and all sorts of numbers, anywhere from a million to three million, were bandied about at that um, uh, at that time. And I remember in my head, I was thinking five million. I, I mean, not as the ask necessarily, but that was the number in my head that I thought we could do. Um, and uh, and so, you know, we, we got to five, seven. I, 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 weirdly, as, as, as successful as it was, five million was always the number in my heart. Like, um, <laughs> that, that was the number that I, that I really wanted to do. But it was um, just how insane that was and how the dumbest thing that I did uh, was determined that because I wouldn't know the size of the movie, how much money we could spend on the movie, I didn't start writing it until the middle of the, until the middle of the, well, not until the middle of the Kickstarter. I, we knew we were making it after day one. Um, and, I had, and I had outlined it, but there were all these fuzzy sections in it, like, if we do two million, it's this. <laughs> You know, it's it's eight characters in a room, um, and if we uh, do five million, it will be this sort of movie. Um, and so I had to sort of respond, uh, and and because Kristen Bell goes back to work on her Showtime show, there was a very specific window we had to shoot in. Uh, I I really dumbly thought that the Kickstarter campaign would, once I got it launched, that it would run itself in some sort of way. Um, I got. 30,000 emails um, on that first day. Um, and were, they, I, were they all coming to you? Uh, well, the email address was coming to me. Like it, That's it, crazy. And I, I have an assistant um, uh, who's been with me for years and years. And <laughs> You broke him? Yes. 
Well, we, we were, there was someone, uh, he was on, he's in LA, I, I live here in Austin, and we would sort of connect it around three in the morning because I would be getting, I'm a morning person, I'd be getting up then to sort of tend to things, and he would still be answering emails at that point. We'd kind of have this cycle going, um, you know, happily, 80% of them were like, way to go, uh, and then, and then, you know, 19% of them fit into like a frequently asked question pattern that we could answer very quickly, but 1% of them were like really hard questions, you know, we're like, um, I know we can't back here in Denmark, uh, but I have a mailing address in New Jersey, but my credit card is from a bank in, in France, can I donate? And I, I don't know how to answer that question. You know, it would require me to like, get on the phone with you know, somebody in accounting at Warner Brothers to see what the rules were. So it became, uh, it became really uh, difficult to manage. It's the least I've slept uh, in a month. Wait, I, I've got a question for you. How did you, was it you or Kristen? Who, who came up with like, the gifts everyone was going to get? Um, like, th that's what I kept wanting to know. Like, who, who came up with those ideas? Um, that you know, was largely me, but it was vetted like... I'm sure, like the State of the Union address is vetted because I did have I had if, for those I'm sure most of you have seen the video, Jason Doring. Uh, you know, there's a there's a line in there about associate producer credit, which was something that I wanted to do. I had this whole plan that hey, you could get your own IMDb associate producer credit, and you know, for a certain dollar amount. Um, we would have pre-screenings in Los Angeles, invite our associate producer credits out. I would meet with them, get feedback on the initial cuts of the movie, and those people, you know, 40 or so, would have had some say in, you know, it, or at least, you know, be like a uh, uh, like a really intensive focus group sort of thing. Uh, I was excited about that idea. Apparently, the producers' guild uh, was not. <laughs> <laughs> excited about that particular thing. And there were all sorts of things that you, that, you know, that, yeah, legally we couldn't do. And um, so that document had to be cleared um, it, by many different branches of, of, of Warner Brothers. Um, uh, but they were, they were great. Every, I will say this, Warner Brothers wanted it to happen and certain executives over there really pushed you know, really championed the project and took it over the top. Uh, Chris, so, you know, tell me from a guy who is involved with this show, obviously, yeah. and invested in the show, but not directly involved with the Kickstarter campaign. Again, you were off having your life. Uh, you're, watching, you're watching this happen. Okay. Uh, what, what, are you, what were you thinking at this time? I remember, I remember uh, Kristen sending me an email, or maybe Ryan Hansen, who played Dick Casablancas, him sending me an email, one or the other, being like, I think they're launching that Kickstarter campaign tomorrow. I hope we don't fuck it up. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not going to say I'm in it until I know if we're fucking up or not. I'm totally not attached to this project until you guys hit that green limit. Um, and then, uh, and then I remember writing you an email because I was because. I, I knew you guys were nervous, and I remember writing Rob an email being like, hey, just checked it. Looks like you guys raised like 20 grand already. All right. You know, like, what an asshole. I'm just glad to be able to tell you. That, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I remember when Kristen shot it. In fact, this is so lame. I remember Kristen shot it, uh, and she, uh, she and Ryan Hansen and Ryan Devlin, who played... Mercer the Rapist in season three, which I'm sure is a character all of you Beloved remember. Um, you guys all have your Mercer the Rapist stuffed animals at home with you. Um, Unicorns. We were all we were all, yeah, we were all uh, we were all at Kristen's and she was telling us about it. And Devlin and I were so freaking jealous. I was like, what the hell? Where was my phone call for this Kickstarter campaign? Kristen was like, well, no one likes Piz, dude. They want, they want me and Logan together. What do you think you're not in this campaign for, you asshole? You're probably not going to be in the movie. This is like in 2012. And I was like, well, shit, man. So me and Devlin and Kristen and uh, Ryan Hansen got together and made the stupidest video of our own, which I was like, this thing's going to go crazy viral because Kristen had released that weird, what was the orangutan or whatever, sloth. All right. Well, clearly you saw it. Was that popular? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, this is going to be as popular as that sloth video. And it was this weird, really weird 
techno video of like Eastern European older men dancing in like a field. And we duplicated the dance perfectly. Um, and that was sort of my own like kind of like, that was like my own fix in terms of how I wanted to be, feel somehow like I contributed to the project. I made a video for you guys last night to announce that I was going to. We realized like we're, we're sort of slowly releasing, I guess, who's in the cast and Kickstarter fans get to know before anyone. And so I got this email, frantic email yesterday, like, oh shit, you're going to be at this panel. They're going to know. Can you make a video real quick? And so I, I feel, now I kind of feel like I'm part of the family, now that I've done that. Finally. 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 Um, all right. So let's talk about the script for a second. Um, and uh, tell us every single thing in it. <laughs> um, you know, again, you're, you know, you're balancing... The, during the campaign, not knowing how much budget you're going to have, not knowing what you can get away with. Were there things that you knew had to be in the script? Did you know there was a story that you had to tell? Uh, yeah, I, I, I know, I, I've known for the last, since, since, I, since I took it in to propose to uh, Warner Brothers that we do the Kickstarter version, um, I've had a new vision for it. You know, it's funny because there has been, you know, there have been, I would say, I would say this is the third thing that I've really fleshed out. In, and the problem is that they, all the actors keep getting older. Um, almost. And, almost. Almost. And so, you know, something that made sense four years ago doesn't make as much sense now. Um, I've known how I wanted the movie to end and what, and what Veronica's dilemma is probably for the last year and a half. And, and that would have existed, I think, in the $2 million version or the $6 million version. As you're finding out you know, what characters are involved and really what actors and other people you can afford, is that changing the nature of the thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's... It, it, you know how grand we can go on some of these things. Um, yeah, the, the lower budget versions would have been very Agatha Christie. It would have been, you know, uh, murder in a drawing room and and Veronica trying to solve it over the course of a night. Uh, as it is, you know, I, I think it's a really we have uh, an ambitious, you know five to six million dollar movie that we're doing. Um, it's not going to be the Hunger Games. You know, we do not have 120 million dollars to, to shoot it, but I'm really, um, I'm excited about the scope. It, it's probably at the top end of what my expectations would have been. Um, you know, I, one of the things that I keep noting uh, as, as we've gone through this is like, as an example, um, if if we had just barely gotten over the hump, um, that there would have been uh, harsh words exchanged at the high school reunion. Uh, but if, but if we made more money, there would be a brawl. Um, and you know, we got to brawl level. Uh, but please don't come in expecting like the Matrix brawl. Um, it will be like real, real sort of grappling more than it's going to be like artistic. More of a struggle. More right. of a struggle. Yeah, struggle. Less of a brawl, more of a struggle. It's still yeah. the show that, it, I mean, it's a movie, but it's still, you know. The yeah, show there, there are no car chases in it. Um, but, um, but I think for what it, for the size movie, I, I think it's it's a pretty ambitious thing. I, it will feel bigger than the TV series. I, I know the Stash Piznarski shark attack scene in in and of itself is is a pretty bold move for a five million dollar movie. That but extra be, three million. <laughs> to be fair, though, we did go with the shark from Jaws. It looks very 1970. <laughs> it does. It, it's just the ride in Orlando, Florida that I'm on. <laughs> um, and, and the show itself, I mean, I will say, and this is part of why people love the show, is it was an ambitious show from a storytelling perspective. Um, so, you know, I, I think we, we, we expect that, and we don't expect anything, you know, we don't expect fireworks. We expect a, a really well-told story and an ambitious story and characters that we love. I remember thinking when I read the script, and I, I'm sure you feel this way, but you also probably feel you're so close to it. Like, I, I think for all of the Kickstarter fans, having read the script now... Uh, I literally think you wrote the film that the fans will want to see. Like, I don't think there's anything in there that's going... I think there's going to be so many things that are going to surprise people, but at the same time, like, 
this is a movie that you guys literally brought to fruition, and I think you've given them the film that they're going to want. You know, it's a really great project. Well, let's let's talk about that for a second. I mean, this is obviously it's fan driven, and you know, it wouldn't exist if not for the interest and then the, the cash of the fans. Um, Tell me about walking that line between creating the thing that you want to make and that you guys want to make and the thing that will serve the fans, that the fans want. I mean, that, that has to be a tough balance. Well, we said Piz is cast, so they're all happy. So now Rob can do whatever he wants. Um, yeah, I, w- I was very conscious of the fact that it was crowdfunded. And you know, the fortunate thing is that I think that the movie that the fans want to see is pretty much the movie that I want to make. So those things aren't divergent. There have been times, like, in, like, discussing with my agent, like, what, in what way could the Veronica Mars movie get made today? And, uh, like, one of the things that he talked about, he suggested that I actually noodled with was, hey, Rob, go write this great thriller um, with... Uh, with a 30-year-old female lead and go pitch it and sell it as that and then sort of the last line of the pitch is, and it's Veronica Mars. <laughs> um, and, and that was attempted, like, what if, like, that's the bonus thing. It's the last line of the pitch. And, you know, but that might not, it, it would be hard to go in and pitch that without, without somehow, how are we going to put Wallace, you know, in this version, and you know, all Weevil and 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 you know, Mac and Piz and Logan, like it, it that 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 would have been a real trick. And and I think fans of Veronica Mars, the series, while I think they might have been, oh great, there's a Veronica Mars thriller out there. I think the pleasure zones for for us, for 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 you know, what I enjoy about the show. Uh, would involve bringing back uh, the people that that we care about. I think we want to see where they are uh, all these years later. Well, that's what we get out of TV, right? Is we get to live with these people for yeah. so long, and you know they they become family. So the fact that you can reconvene them all is that's going to make us very happy right. uh, as fans. Um, Chris, remind us how the series ended. Oh shit. <laughs> 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 We can ask one of the fans. We, we could. We could and we might. I, was, I swear to God, I was up in my room before we got here. I was up watching Veronica Mars in my freaking room with my voice. I was like turning the volume down because I was like, I'm going to look like the biggest asshole. Um, 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 okay, so here's, here's what I remember about the end of the show because I'm only on episode seven of season three right now. Okay, the show ends. It's raining. Uh, Veronica and I have had sex. It's been... Films both on by the studio and then I did something else with it. That's been released. Logan and I, and I get into a huge fight. As you can tell, the epicenter of everything I'm remembering has to do with me. Um, I'm surprised I didn't change the title. That I mean, it should be it should be Piz Mars. <laughs> um, we get married. I take her name. Seymour. Um, <laughs> No, so I, I think, uh, and, and then it, basically the, 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 the end of the uh, pilot, as I remember, I mean, in terms of just like my involvement in the, in the, film, in the, in the show, is that Veronica and I were still together. Um, Logan and I were sort of not in the best of situations. And then there was the, the sort of detriment of what was going on with, with Keith Mars as a result of Veronica's, which, do you want to jump in here? Um, yeah, well, I, I want to say, okay. <laughs> Who can name who can name the uh, the final song of Veronica Mars the series? Yes, very nice. And um, it, 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 oh, it never rains in Southern California. Is the the final song as Veronica wa- walks out into the rain? And um, you know these are going to be the tiniest of spoilers. And these these are the and I mean tiniest. These are not big spoilers because these are things I've said in the press. These are the first few pages of the movie. So. I, but it starts with Veronica in New York. We open with Veronica in New York, and she travels back to California, and um, and she uh, and as she arrives, I wanted her to return in the rain as this this nod to how, how the series ended. And in this low budget movie world, um, I got a my line producer called me in uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, back in California and said, Rob, I have bad news for you. 
we're 30,000 over, we gotta lose the rain. So, so I want you, as you see her land, as you see her land and come, come out of the, uh, the Balboa County uh, airport, imagine rain. Just imagine Rob's tears that he didn't get that. That should be enough to should, emulate should the rain. Should we pass a hat? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Know is, and the reason I wanted to kind of recap um, is, you know, in writing the script, how much were you thinking about, God, I have seven years to catch up on. How much did you have to close up story from that time? And how much could you concentrate on telling new story? Um, I, you know, one of the debates, uh, Warner Brothers has been great in not, they, one of the best things about doing this via Kickstarter, if you, if you write a movie or a TV show the normal through normal channels uh you are dealing with uh creative executives who have a lot of thoughts on your script and and you are sort of arriving at a movie at the end of the day that has had a lot of input from a studio or or a network um the nice thing about doing it this way and sort of coming into it with hey we've got we've got you know several million dollars of our own here is they have not been heavy-handed in fact they've barely giving me any creative thoughts, but one of them is um, how much uh, the, how much we attempt to catch up non-Veronica Mars viewers into the world. And I, I've been, and interestingly, and you might think that these things are reversed, um, because I, I would have thought so if I hadn't been in the middle of it, uh, they want me to give more information and I want to give less. I, I want to make I want to uncomplicate it for people who are coming to it fresh. Um, there's a scene at the top of the movie that I think very quickly catches people up to speed, and, and all I think that it's important for a, no, a new viewer to know is that Veronica spent her teenage years oddly um, working <laughs> as a private detective, but that she hasn't done that uh, since we last saw her. Um, just so you all know, uh, Veronica has not, she has not worked a case since you last saw her at the end of season three. Um, and so I'm trying to give a very minimalist explanation so that no one feels like we're missing mythology, we're missing backstory. Uh, I, there are certainly, I think, plenty of fun Easter eggs for people that know the show um, but I want to uncomplicate it for, for new viewers. So there's no Lily Kane mythology. There's no bus crash mythology. It really, um, I, I want to keep it clean. She worked as a PI as a teenager. She put that away and is now leading an adult life as we find her. Uh, I just have one more quick question for each of you, and then we'll open it up to questions from the floor. Um, the way I would love to do questions, and I don't know if there's anyone in charge of me here, but... Um, <laughs> Run wild. Yeah, apparently. Uh, if you do have a question, I would love if you could come line up in like one of these corners here, uh, and we will hold the microphone up to you. Um, so I'm going to ask them one more question, and then I want everyone to rush into a line. Okay? <laughs> Either that one or that one. Uh, there are several rules. Questions begin with an H or a W, not with an I. <laughs> questions do not have the word hug in them. <laughs> Uh, and please do not touch the microphones. We will hold them up to you. Uh, so here's my last question uh, for you guys, although I have a lot more, so if you guys don't have them, I will. Um, outlining is one thing, kind of creating the stories over the years for the various iterations of the movies is one thing, but sitting down and writing these characters is a whole other one. Uh, what was that experience like emotionally for you? Oh, it, it was a joy. I, I, it's the most I've enjoyed writing something. It's like putting on comfortable clothes. Um, uh, so much of what I do, particularly as someone who works largely in television development, is uh, coming up with new characters and, um, and trying to invent voices for them and to have people so fully fleshed out in my head and sort of know who can say what in a scene and who these characters are. Um, God, I loved it. I, I loved it. I, I just did, how much I loved writing Keith Veronica scenes after not getting to write those for seven years. It, it was fun. Um, 
yeah, I, I couldn't have enjoyed that more. I could have enjoyed it more if I hadn't been working 20 hours a day. But, but I really, that part was fun. Were there any challenges involved in that? Nope, all just flew, <laughs> flowed out of my... You're that good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, while possibly writing character stuff and dialogue stuff, uh, that came <clears throat> fairly easily. Um, Mysteries are hard to break, and, and you know when I hired the Veronica Mars writing staff, um, what, this might not be the smartest. Way, in fact, I know it's probably not the smartest way of doing it. I I wanted to hire all sort of writers with sort of humor and great character voices, and I think I was largely successful. I I forgot to hire anyone who knows plotting, um, or, or, no, or more specifically mystery plotting, like there are people who's, uh, you know, you go to the bigger um, shows, uh, hit shows on bigger networks, and they always like, they always get three or four guys on staff who, oh, well, we know how to structure a, a mystery, a cop show, whatever, and, uh, and we always just sort of, we spend so long on it, um, uh, you know, and honestly, breaking a mystery by yourself is a really hard thing to do. I fortunately, this last year, I had uh, a few interns from the UT graduate uh, uh, screenwriting program who I got to have, it was like having a little mini writer's room putting the, the beats up on the dry erase That's board fantastic. and was very, very helpful. Great. Uh, and Chris, sort of the same question. I mean, you're about to be his again. Uh, you know, Tell me about your relationship with this character, and is it, you know, is it an easy uh, skin to wear again? Well, the hair is going to be tough. <clears throat> uh, I'll say that up front, because I don't have a Trojan helmet of blonde hair anymore. Um, beyond that, no, I, I think, uh, I mean, honestly, like, I, I really, like I said before, I think we all had such a, an immediate rapport when we were working together. I, I, I feel like... You know, I hang out with Kristen and, and Ryan and Jason all the time. We all kind of get together as often as possible. And, um, and so I feel like the, the camaraderie is, is, I think, what's most difficult for, for an actor on, on set to really believe when you're watching a film is the, is the chemistry. And for us, it's, it's you know, it's, it's seven years old and more. I mean, we, we know we're, we're still friends now. So I think for us, it's going to be as much fun as it was for Rob to write to just jump back into these ridiculous characters and have a blast with them, you know? Yeah. All right, let's get some questions from you guys. Hi. So um, living here in Austin, which is obviously a really awesome town to live in, um, but does it ever make it hard to, like, interact with the L.A. people or scene or, you know, make that connection hard to be back and forth or any of the, you know, interactions? Uh, it, it does. Like, I, I could not have started my writing career or particularly my television writing career living in Austin. I, I only could move back after becoming established. Um, if, if for any young, I shouldn't even say, it's not the word young, but new writers, people trying to break into the business, in the television business, I think you have to be in LA. That's where the jobs are. Uh, I could not have commuted and gotten work. Um, only because I've done a lot of television will people sort of let me write from here and and and, and honestly I, I've been seeking and you know I've got a couple things in play right now I desperately want to get a show set in Texas where I don't have to get on a plane uh, every week uh, and fly to LA um, but I like having my kids in great public schools I love Austin so um, that's kind of why I'm here now Um, over the years, as fans have new fans have discovered the show, or fans have rewatched it over the, you know, that new of it as it was on TV, have you noticed any opinions changing over the years? Like maybe characters they were lukewarm on now they love, or vice versa. Um, you know, when when uh, when Veronica Mars was on the air, when we were actually shooting, I, I did keep a pretty close tab. Um, and this is, you know, pre-Twitter and I think 
pre-Facebook, and you know, I, I got most of my information from television without pity, and and knew what was taking off and what wasn't, and and it was very useful to me also to see what fans were thinking in terms of who the suspect what would be for the big crime of the the season, and and so I found that very handy. Um, since the show went off the air, I, I don't know that I've had a really good sense of of how things have tracked, um, you know, how attitudes have changed uh, about things. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure that I have a, have a good answer. I, I will say that, like, I was so conscious of it. Um, just by way of example, I really liked the actress who played uh, Jackie on season two of the show. And I wanted her to, you know, I wanted to introduce her as somebody who uh, fans would be frosty to, that Veronica would be frosty to. And I overdid it, you know. I, I spent, I, I, you know, and, and watching the reaction to her, like anyone who would be even a little bit mean to Wallace, or, uh, clearly it was like having her, like, twist the head off a kitten. Like, I guess. <laughs> And so I would spend so much... T- like, if you look at the back half of that season, I have Jackie doing the most selfless, amazing things, just trying to get her back into the audience good graces, because clearly I had overshot the mark at the beginning. Um, but I don't know how... I don't, I don't know that I have a really good sense of, of how, how that has changed over time. The interesting thing I will say that has changed um, when, when the, just in the last two months is that... Um, I know that there has been a certain Veronica Mars audience, but if I get, you know, over the course of a year, if I, if I have those conversations on airplanes or wherever you meet new people and, uh, you know, or the, the neighborhood that I moved into and they say, I say, well, I'm a television writer and they say, well, what have you done? And I, I'll say, well, I had a show called Veronica Mars and it's just, yeah, it's glazed over face, you know, like, and I would say that that's true... 19 out of 20 times. It, and then that the 20th person might be very excited, but 19 out of 20 have no idea. And now lately, when I get asked that question, people know Veronica Mars. Our brand awareness has changed greatly. Um, and, and I think part of that, and you know, Party Down would even be a, a bigger example of this, that found so much more success after it was gone um, than when it was actually on the air. If I talked to yeah, 20 people who've seen Party Down, only three of them saw it when it was actually on the air and could have done, a, done us some good. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I guess that's, that's my answer. Uh, Chris, has that been the experience for you, too? Do people recognize you more from Veronica Mars these days than ever before? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I honestly, I think, I, I will say this, when I, when I, when I do get recognized... Uh, it, it tends to be you, you. You can you can always tell which one's the Veronica Mars fan, and which one is every other because uh, just there's just so much more passion. I guess is the word I'll use um, from the fans of Veronica Mars, and it's and it's 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 honestly like the most flattering thing to uh, to to receive from someone. I mean, honestly, to to be to be approached and to feel like you've actually affected somebody as much. And it's especially good because I remember when I got cast, Rob literally sat me down and was like, here's why we cast you. Fans are going to hate your guts. You are literally going to break up like the two lovers on the show. People will fucking loathe you. And you're a nice enough guy that hopefully it won't be that bad. Hopefully they won't hate you that much. And I was like, great, thanks for the job. Like, go bolt my door. Um, no, it's, it's, it's uh, I think, I think, I, I do agree with you. The the brand awareness is definitely before when when you would say like I was like oh I was on the show Veronica Mars like every once in a while people are like oh yeah and, and and again like when people know the show they really know it um, but now you know when I've been saying like oh, I'm going to go to this thing for the Veronica Mars movie it's like people are so excited about it you know like they they just want to know every detail which is a really wonderful thing. Cool. Question. At the NTSF panel last night, Martin Starr mentioned that it would be hard to do a party down movie because of the structure of the show. Do you feel like you're missing or losing anything in translating from a TV show to a movie with Veronica Mars? Uh, actually, well, I, I agree with Martin that, that the structure of party down is, is a tough thing to replicate uh, in a movie, and we've, we've had a lot of discussions about that. I think Veronica Mars works great for a, for a movie. I mean, it, it is a... 
you know, there's a whole history of, of noir detective case movies that were sort of, you know, that we owe our structural background to. Um, so I, I've, I've loved having 90 or 100 minutes uh, rather than 42. Uh, it felt really good when I was writing it. Honestly, the, um, the tough thing was trying to figure out um, all these, all these characters, or all these moments, all these things that I w wanted to tap into, trying to figure out what I could trim, what what wouldn't make the cut, and what would in in the movie was really tough. I wanted to put more in than would actually fit in a movie. Either that we had the budget to shoot, and or you know I. I know Warner Brothers does not want the Veronica Mars movie to be two and a half hours. I, I know that. So, um, all right, uh, we'll hopefully get some more questions. Let me let me ask something from Twitter first. How much? This is from which underscore cat with a K? Mm -hmm. Obviously, right. Uh, how much influence did Network Notes have on season three of Veronica Mars? Are there things you would have changed if you'd known uh, that the show was going away? Um. I, I, I'm sort of hearing a question behind the question. Um, <laughs> the, the like people are eager to sort of blame the structural difference on network notes. Those interfering. <clears throat> the, the truth is, we knew we were in a fight for your life scenario. We knew that we, the, the the potential for us getting canceled was high, and that we weren't doing the numbers that we needed to do to stay on the air. And so I, the, the, the decision to break it up into three shorter mysteries, I was very much a part of. I supported that idea. There was, there was an element of it that I really liked um, because they were all done in, in, in packages. In other, like our first mystery, I think we got to air nine or ten episodes in a row uninterrupted, not going away on hiatus, not showing reruns. And I liked that notion of getting to tell them all in a row. And a feeling that we had at Veronica Mars that may have proven to not be true, but that we wanted to explore was, are people shying away from the show because they feel like if they miss one or two, they're so far behind the curve on that 22-episode mystery that... We, we aren't inviting in new viewers. So the, the notion of, well, let's break it up and have shorter mysteries. Um, let's try Veronica in college. Because, because there is something inherent. Truthfully, if someone had told me, you know, and what was, when, when the show, like, I think I was 39, 38 when I created it, um, it said, uh, hey, it's a show about a teenage private eye. I would not have been interested. I would not have checked it. I, it and, and, I, and so the idea of, well, let's get her into college. Maybe people will be more attracted to a college show. It will, it, it, it will bring in viewers that are not already watching it. We were willing to try anything. To try. We were fighting for our existence. So um, we, were, we were doing, we, we were trying things to, get a season four, and, and clearly it didn't work, but that's why. It was not network demanding something. It was everyone sort of together saying, hey, what can we do to try to bring more people to the show? I mean, it's interesting, too, is it's sort of a transitional time where, you know, now you can absolutely get away with a heavily serialized show, and it's actually encouraged right. by the networks. Uh, a, yeah. couple more, a couple years later, you would have, right. would have been in season seven. Uh, question here. So going back to what Martin said last night, how is the Veronica Mars project affecting the Party Down uh, project? Is that on hold indefinitely, or is that still in the works? Or uh, it, it's still in it's still in the works. We still are hopeful that that could uh, come together. We are down a path on a Veronica Mars. I, I mean, on a Party Down uh, movie. Uh, John Enbaum is working on a, a script for it, and we'd broken out the movie. Um, but we've gone down a traditional path uh, on that. I do, you know, Party Down is an interesting case because, um, you know, with the Kickstarter campaign, there, I've been answering all these questions about what it means. You know, does it mean that there is a new 
way to finance movies and that this will become commonplace. And I don't think that it will. I think that I think that the Kickstarter model worked for us because of a very specific set of circumstances, sort of having a cult following, have, having the sort of movie that could be made at a reasonable price point. You, you know, I, like I think it would be tough um, for, um, uh, like for one of, you know, like a, a space show um, uh, to be done via Kickstarter. It'd just be tough to raise that, uh, that sort of money. Um, the thing about Party Down is it would be a perfect Kickstarter uh, model. It's, 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 it's a show that we could make at a reasonable budget that does have sort of a cult following, but we, have, we are long down a path going through traditional means of making an indie movie, and we're hopeful that that will happen. Cool. Hi, guys. Hey. Um, will there be any voiceovers in the movie, and are there any recurring guest stars you really want to bring back for a movie? Um, yes to both questions, and I hope that's not giving too much away that we will. Uh, that, but, but interestingly, I, I, I have a very specific strategy on the voiceover in, in the movie. Um, part of the movie is about Veronica being, you know, it, it, there is a Godfather 3 element to this, and I say that, like, why not a Godfather 2? <laughs> an actual... But you know that no matter how much I think I'm out, uh, they pull me back in. And Veronica doesn't use, as a non-PI, she doesn't use voiceover. Uh, it's, only, it's only when she picks that mantle back up. Um, so we do not open uh, with voiceover, I, I will tell you that. Uh, and the, oh, and, and uh, yeah, there are, there are tons of people. Um, and it's interesting because I think it's a room full of many Kickstarter backers, we have promised that we will break all of our casting news and the Kickstarter, and the Kickstarter backers get everything first. We actually have a bunch of cast deals done, but we're trying to parse them out now that we have them. They've, they've all come together in the last week, but we, we want to give everyone their own moment, so we're... You, you, you will be getting a lot of notices over the next uh, nine, ten days about cast members. I'm very excited about the people. I think you will be... Two, Chris, do you just want to tell us all now what they are, what those cast members? Yeah, are? I'm going to go ahead now because who, who gives a shit if I tell you guys, right? I'm, I'm not really I made no promises to anybody. Um, no, I, I, I'll be fired. Piss is no longer the movie if I do that. I know you're doing the documentary um, of the making of Veronica Mars movie, and I was wondering on like a commentary or something because I remember in uh, season three when Chris, you and Kristen did a, just a great background going around showing the set and everything, and it was so uh, you could tell that you were friends and that it was really enjoyable. So, are you going to be doing some things like that too? Um, that that's a good question. I think uh, we're, we're going to have so much coverage um, of. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I know that sounds like I can't answer. What I don't know is will there be, in addition to the documentary, will there be any other sort of fun DVD stuff, whether that's gag reel or just hanging out with the cast, or if that will actually be included in the documentary. Um, it's been a very odd thing at, at times, and it's it, um, that I've had like a, a documentary crew following me around for... for for many days of this, and it and it does create this very weird self consciousness, particularly as a writer. Like, why are you? I'm I'm staring at a computer. What what could possibly uh, be interesting about this? But um, we've got. I think there's going to be a ton of fun stuff in that documentary. Um, Warner Brothers, um, particularly given the size movie we are, they're devoting a lot of resources to um, to press kit materials. Uh, there's uh, we just had a meeting about all the different times that they will have still photographers and EPK people there. I think it will be a well-documented um, process. I can tell you as someone who is clearly on the being left out of things-ness in the videos, I'll be making plenty of videos. Me, me, Chris and I will just wander around the set regardless. Whether anyone will see what we make is entirely up to Rob, I suppose, and Warner Brothers. Uh, where's the film shooting? Uh, Los Angeles. Not Neptune. <laughs> How long is the shoot? Uh, 23 
and a half days. Or 23 days and a second unit day is what it's looking and like. And what happens in the movie? Uh, and, uh, 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 oh. Um... All right, so we covered uh, Party Down. Uh, the Cupid movie, is that happening? Uh, no. 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 Uh, actually, it's like you kind of lead it up to it's like something I thought about. I, you know, with Veronica Mars, it's like in Party Down getting a lot of attention. Is there projects that y'all are in the process of ra- wrapping up it's like that, uh, that you're responsible for? That, good projects in their own right, but, you know, that you it's like have to like put to bed real quick it's like before you can like go full force and it's like to these two films. Yeah, what have you been working on besides these things that um, you can talk about? Sure. Um, well, I, I had the strangest day a couple weeks ago while we were prepping the Veronica Mars movie. I started getting all these emails congratulating me for my new series on USA. Um, and the um, several outlets reported that I, I had had a show ordered. In fact, not only did I have... Uh, show ordered, it didn't even have to go to pilot. It went straight to series, uh, which was great, but I didn't uh, know about it. But I have have written a pilot um, for USA uh, that they announced uh, at their upfronts as a a drama project that they're developing, which seems like a good sign. It's already in. I think they make that decision in August. Um, It is... uh, It's... Set here, here I, I could do, it'd be a beautiful life. 13, uh, 13 a year here in my hometown, I would love it if that happened. And then I've got several things in development, um, like I'm pitching shows in August while I'm editing the movie. So you're always feeding the beast. Yeah. It must be freeing for you, though, you know, having lived with the Veronica Mars movie or the prospect of it for so long, to now be able to say, Great. I'm doing that thing. I can concentrate on these other things 100%. Yeah, well, I, I largely, you know, I did, I was able to concentrate on other things 100% just with a sort of uh, a, a niggling idea in my head that I, I want to figure out how to get this other thing made. I, um, but I, it wasn't like I was working on some other project and thinking, oh, but only if I could, if only I were writing Veronica right now. Um, uh, but uh, it's hard to juggle these things. I mean, keep all yeah. these balls in the air. Yes, yeah. uh, And Chris, where can people see you? you you've done a bunch of things. Uh, yeah, well, right? I actually I have a panel in like half an hour for uh, a show on Fox that I'm doing in the fall called Enlisted, which is a um, a workplace comedy set in the military because that's always funny. Um, and uh, that'll have you be seen on. Mash. I, no, what? What is it? Nash? Nashville. Check it out. Nashville? Nope. Um, never seen it. It's funny, actually. It's, it's the same guys who did Scrubs. A lot of the guys who did Scrubs. And when, apparently when they were making Scrubs, they, they were saying, we're going to do the emergency room version of Mash. And now they're doing the military version of Scrubs, is I think how they've somehow rationalized it. Um, but and then we're screening the pilot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to screen the pilot, I guess, which I haven't seen yet, so freaking hope it's good. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then, and then the Veronica Mars film, and then um, I uh, directed a film last year, which we're submitting to festivals. So hopefully that'll come to fruition as well. Cool. Which I've seen and is terrific. You should all check it out. Thank you, Rob. It's called Besides Still Waters. Is the name of the film. Okay. So yeah. Are you in festivals yet, or it's it's? No, we're, we're just submitting now. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Um, before we wrap up, uh, and Chris, starting with you, and then Rob, are you watching television these days? Is there stuff that you're excited about that gets you, you know, you know, invigorated? I, I, it's funny. I I I'm excited about. Uh, I, I watched. I'm trying to think of what I've seen that I that I really enjoy. I, I watched. Uh, well, I watched all the new Arrested Development. Episodes immediately, um, which because they're freaking awesome. ATX sponsor. Um, oh, well, that's why. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and then actually, what's been really fun? I was saying just earlier is that I've been just going through like revisiting all the Veronica Mars episodes in, in preparation for the movie, which is the best homework ever. Um, and uh, and yeah, those are really that's uh, and I suppose I'll be watching my show when it comes on. <laughs> I, maybe. Um. I, I had the biggest dick move the the other morning, a couple mornings ago, and or more than that actually, it would have been last Monday, um, and I don't know what I was thinking. I got up very early, and it, I I am a um, I, I love my wife and I are 
devoted Game of Thrones people, and I got up and I tweeted three words, and and within seconds I had the angriest flood. And I did. It was not much of a spoiler. What, what did a, you say? It's been two weeks. Come on. <laughs> if you're not too bad, don't worry. Close, close them. Yeah, okay. you don't want to hear it. it. I'll whisper it. What? I've been busy. Can you tell them well? Okay, I, I will hold up. They weren't, they, I, they weren't very spoilery. Just a, He's it, off the it mic. Was just a mood. <laughs> it was just a mood poem. Um, I, I, will spe- I, will not, I do not want to do that. Is it still on your feed? No, I no. God, within, are you kidding me? Within thirty seconds, I had pulled it down and, and didn't look at Twitter for a week because I, I I felt like such a oh it was it was not because but I huge Game of Thrones fan. It was and, crazy that they killed Dinklage. Yes. <laughs> I'm just making conversation. <laughs> All right, well, please give a round of applause. Oh. Now leaving Nerdist.com.